Lynn Pierce is an award-winning designer, event stylist, lifestyle blogger, and all-around style guru. She believes that style can be found in the simplest of things and is what turns the mundane into the extraordinary. Sam Feldman is a entrepreneur who wears red lipstick to the grocery store and a cocktail dress to the hardware store. Sam's a 30-something-year-old with over 20 years of party planning experience. And yeah, you heard that right. She believes every day is a cause for celebration. Together, they are the Soul Style Project. Join the stylish mom and daughter duo each week as they journey through topics of self-discovery and creativity, helping their listeners live up to their true potential and most stylish selves. You are listening to episode five of the Soul Style Project. I'm your host, Lynn Pierce, and with me as always is my daughter and co-host, Sam Feldman. But today, we all have a very special guest, actually our very first guest to Soul Style Project. She is the creator of the Experimenter Studio and the author of the book, The Essential Luxury of You, Cassandra Campbell Stanley. Hi. I'm so excited to chat with you. You have no idea. Um, We're so excited to have you and thank you so much for agreeing to do this. Oh, it's my pleasure. Didn't have to pull my arm once. (laughs) (laughs) Not even at not not a little bit. Uh, Yeah, this is exciting. Yes, we we thought of you almost immediately when um, the Soul Style. So Mom's been talking about the Soul Style project for years, but when I came on and we started to really hammer it out and get to it, your you and the book came up day one, and we featured it in that very first episode because. Truly, it just embodies what we're talking about in creativity and just really being your authentic self. Um, So we're obviously going to dig into that today, but I'd love first for you just to share a little bit about yourself. I know you um, for at least five years. Yeah, Yeah. I went live very quickly. So quickly um, through a a professional setting. So I've had the pleasure to see you um, in action and do some really incredible things. And you always just have this very commanding presence and always so inspirational and positive. So I've had the pleasure to know you um, for a couple of years, but I'd love for you just to share a little bit about yourself for our listeners. Well, yeah, I'm happy to. Um, So I feel like you're just as dynamic, just to let you know. So the way you've been watching me from the sidelines, I've been doing the same lady. Um, So, I mean, where do I start? Um, I... We obviously worked uh, at a really interesting um, and inspiring organization. And, but before that, I was working in nonprofit. It's actually like something that people don't always realize. So my background, um, I was working at the Food Bank for New York City doing nutrition education with teens. Um, and my background is was kind of more geared towards education. Uh, but one thing I will say, though, and I think you would appreciate this, is that since I was a kid, I used to sketch like wedding dresses and I would like be so into fashion. I remember like, was it Barbie fashion designer? Like the CD-ROM? Um, yeah. Oh, that was. I think uh, I had that. Yeah. Wasn't that the best? We're talking like 
hours upon hours of just creating. And then I also had the Barbie, I think it was like Barbie magic hairstyler. So I would also do like beauty and hair. Anyway, so like, as far as being creative, I've always had a creative outlet. I did not though, um, I did not realize that you can merge creativity with career. So that's something that um, I think when we talk about like what each generation contributes to their legacy, like what, what's a part of their legacy. I think for me, I'm, I think I may have been the first in my family to connect those two worlds together. So it always felt bigger than me going in into an industry that was very creative. It felt like I was hoping to open the door just a little bit so that um, my little cousins and maybe my children one day um, will <laughs> will just have a little bit of an easier route um, and experience, and will feel invited to explore that part of their 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 personalities without any shame. So um, yeah, so that's a little bit about me. Hopefully, that answers the question. Yeah, it does, <laughs> and it's so funny. I so in preparing for today, we were going to share some of our favorite things, um, and I was telling my mom the listeners can't see. <laughs> Yeah, I was like, I just held up my book with a thousand sticky notes. There's a, a thousand. thousand. <laughs> At least a thousand. I love it. It's a sea of yellow <laughs> post-it in your book. I love it. It looks like there's like a, a feather fan or something around yeah, the entire yeah, book. It's it like gorgeous. I it's, love that. I, I told mom last night, I sent her a picture. I said, I think I need to edit. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Um, it could be a two-hour episode if we. It could, yeah. it could. But you actually just touched on some of my favorite things that you actually share in the introduction to the book. So a lot of the book is these visual reminders of uh, you call them notes to yourself, and really by the end of the book, they become notes to the reader's self. So your your narrative kind of shifts, and I think that's what's so dynamic about it. But you share just such a beautiful and transparent story about your background and your your history and your story and your family. Um, and I think what you just touched on that I love so much from the introduction is you talk about giving yourself permission. If there's something that you want to do, do it. You wanted to write a book, so you wrote a book. And you talk about, is there a dream that you have or is there a passion that you want to follow and what's standing in your way? And do you think that you need permission? And you say, you don't but I'm going to give it to you anyway. <laughs> so I love that you just talked about like, you really are setting the foundation for those that come after you um, in your family, certainly such an inspiration, but I think for your readers and now hopefully our listeners and, and more people to come to really give them the permission to be themselves and to be authentic to them. That's funny. That was one of the quotes I wrote down from your video, one of the videos is you don't need permission to show up the way you want to show up, which is what we've been talking about yes, four episodes yes. in, <laughs> that that's exactly our message. Yes. And so many, I don't know why we wait for permission. We do. And this again goes back to some of your early, earlier episodes where you were talking about like as children, like we didn't care. We're like, we're drawing everything. We're, we're sometimes drawing on walls. I just saw, I was on a Zoom meeting the other day and someone's son was like drawing all over the walls. And I was like, I don't know if that was a part of her plan, but it's like, there's, this, there's this kind of unbridled 
experience that we have as children before we're told that you're supposed to be a certain way or it's supposed to look a certain way. Mm -hmm. Um, And over time, we just get conditioned, quite frankly, to kind of quiet ourselves and quiet our interests. and, and, And we almost create this like, how do I put this? Almost like a job description of what you like, what characteristics you need to have in order to do X, Y, and Z. And it's like, well, I don't really have that or that or that or that, but I still kind of want to do it. You know what? Let's just, you know what? There's other things to do. Like I can, let me focus on the things that I know I can do. Mm-hmm. And I think it takes a lot of courage and we all have it but it's scary as hell, but it takes a lot of courage to be like, yeah, so I have like zero experience in that. Um, and, uh, so I just like, I just kind of interested in learning more about it and yeah. Oh, by the way, I'm just going to try and do it and see what happens. Like that's just so audacious, but then it's also at the core of who we are. Mm -hmm. Like there's something about, there's a reason why we're attracted to that behavior. It's because, on like a deeper level it's speaking to something that we has always been there since the beginning like there's nothing new about that it's just kind of going back to the beginning yeah Yeah. I love that that you know I I never write a book but I want to write a book and you did (sighs) did it you're published yeah I'm published (laughs) (laughs) I think there's something like I saw some statistic um it's gonna be in one of my videos actually uh I think it's like 84 percent of I think it's Americans want to write a book have said that they will or they want to but like it's like how many of us actually do it is like probably in the double digits um lower double digits 11 percent are single digits Mm -hmm. um yeah, I did that. You it did it. Done. <laughs> did it. it took a minute, but yeah. yeah. So let's talk about that. The um, What was the inspiration for the Experimenter Studio, which is also, um, you know, mom and I have been watching the videos and that's what she's been sharing some of her favorites from. Um, and then the essential luxury of you fits in so nicely to that. So what was the inspiration behind finally publishing the book? doing it? Um, how did that come to be? Yeah. Uh, so I, this is, this, the, the, my book feels like a continuation of a conversation that I've probably been having my entire life. Like my very first book that I ever bought myself in like middle school was, um, Iyanla Van Zant had a, like a, a journal that talked mm. about identity. And so like, I'm like 11 book. years old trying to figure out like, what's my purpose <laughs> in life? Like, what am I here for? You know? Um, and so I think that, over time, and then even in college, I, I, we, me and my best friend, we worked on um, a project. This was our final year in senior year, and we worked on a project about self-esteem, identity, and mental health, and perfectionism. And I actually pulled it up right before um, our chat because I was like, wait a minute, this all kind of starting to feel like connected. Um, And so I really, I I do want to say that, that I think um, it's definitely something that's been brewing and the words have been there this entire time. But I think it culminated though, these last few years when uh, realization kind of hit me like a brick wall. Um, So I, I'm very achievement oriented. It's just like, okay, you know, like 
you know, like, let's, let's get this done. Let's make a list. Let's make a five-year plan. Let's make a four-year plan, three-year plan, one-year plan. Then let's come up with a plan A, plan B, plan C, right? (laughs) All of these. (laughs) And, and that was kind of like my MO in many ways. And, and it, it led to success, right? Um, But then what, what I was realizing was like, as much as I was achieving X, Y, and Z, and like, goals were being met and dreams were being, being had. And I feel blessed for that. But there was this other side of the coin where I was like, but I'm still struggling with self-doubt and like negative self-talk and my self-confidence is still kind of like depends on the day, moment or second, which was confusing to me. It was like, wait, how could I be achieving all of this and still be struggling with my identity and my, my voice? And I, I was just kind of tired and exhausted and fed up. And I was done pursuing these extra outward, you know, um, like these, these goals without real, without, I guess I was done pursuing that as my main focus. And I was more interested in like who I am as a person and what do I need in order to feed and mother myself in some ways and develop, Um, a deeper sense, a rooted sense of who I am that has nothing, absolutely nothing to do with what I do or achieve or anything like that. Um, And so that's where the book, I guess the impetus of the book came from is like, I was just struggling with that. And I felt like, okay, how did I get here? Like, okay. So like, all right, this didn't just happen overnight. I didn't just like struggle with perfectionism overnight. Like what drove me to this place? Um, and I think that it was also, um, I also feel like my book was also an invitation. Let me take a step back. I think the next natural question is like, okay, I didn't necessarily need to share this, right? Like I could have actually written, written these words to myself as I was, I was drawing these pictures on my bus ride home, like feeding myself and getting what I needed. Um, but I think the reason I wanted to share was because I felt like, wow, I, one, I know I'm not the only person going through this, but then two, I wanted to like stoke the flame of like, yeah, have the audacity to do the things you want to do and not ask for permission. And how can I tell you that without doing it myself and giving you the invitation? So my invitation was my book. That was my form of inviting you to that party. Um, and it's interesting you talk about the struggle with perfectionism. Mm-hmm. I think that's what stops all of us from actually going after what we want to do. And it's mm-hmm. that planning. I'm planning. Here's my goals. Planning, planning, planning. And you're planning, but it never happens. Yeah. Because you're afraid of what it, what's the outcome going to be? Is it going to be good enough? Right. Yes, and you yes. just, no, I'm going to do it and I'm going to share it. Yes. And invite everyone along on the journey. Yeah. That's about 10 of my sticky notes. Is <laughs> love it. about you you say that like I have my XYZ plan or year plan, and then I have like what my expectation is and what I expect other people to think about it. Um, but I think it's so it's so interesting to hear that perspective, knowing you from the outside for a couple of years in this professional setting, because you, I've seen you speak, publicly speak 
in a room of hundreds of people. Mm-hmm. And I never would have had that impression. So it just goes to show how important these conversations are and how important it is to share these stories and these self-truths. Mm-hmm. And I, of the sticky notes that I edited to share, um, one was you share a Maya Angelou quote, I go forth alone and stand as 10,000. And I have to tell you, Cassandra, when you are in those rooms and you're speaking, you show up as 10,000. Mm. This energy and command of the room that speaks to the room at large, but you also have a way of speaking to each individual person. So while you're commanding the room, you show up as that 10,000, you have an intimacy in the way that you speak where when you you'll in what you do you'll ask questions and you get a lot of engagement from the audience and participation and that's something that you do really well is to drum up that participation and I think it's because of how intimately you connect with each person and I think you did that so successfully in the book too you write about these are notes to yourself essentially but because you have that educator spirit you wanted to share and you know like you said just you can't be the only person out there And really towards the end of the book, in the beginning, you're so tied into your story and you really hear your voice, but the narration changes. So by the end, you're talking to yourself. And I think that's what's so impactful about these just little, we talked about it in that first episode, doodles a day. Yes, yes. Um, And really like how important it is to talk to yourself and you've really given, um, readers a chance to start the conversation with themselves. First of all, thank you for saying all those kind things. <laughs> I, a part of me was like, oh, oh, I was like getting like, I don't know what to say about that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> I think also like, I, I also think that like, we all deserve to sit in the in the in our own light and so again I just want to tell you so I received that and even though I felt a little uncomfortable listening to and hearing it I had to tell myself no 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 like that like sit in that like embrace that that moment so I thank you for saying that and I think it's and I also think it's important that you brought that up because particularly the the element like about me being able to like be in a room and you would never think that you, I never gave the impression that I struggled with self-doubt in any way, shape or form. And I think this is one of the wonders of just like holding multiple truths at once. And I think that's like the paradox of adulthood. So it's like, I, I, I really did feel like I was standing there as 10,000 plus. And I, and, and I, and I guess it goes back to this idea of like just being in the room. I just felt so blessed to be there. And I think that that translated in how I com- I communicated it or communicated whatever I was saying. And also there was this also inner dialogue that I was learning how to mitigate and, and process through. And so they were both equally as true. Like it was yes. And I also struggled in these areas. And I think, I wonder like how many other people are going the exact same thing. Like where, like when I think Michelle um, Obama just said that she was dealing, she may be dealing with like a low grade depression right now with like what's going on in the world. And I just like, was just like, thank you for saying that. Like, because we look at you and just like, this woman is just, she's amazing. Um, Regardless of what your like political background is like or political interests are like, you can, 
assess a woman as a woman and she's just a dynamic human being. And then to hear her say that, you're like, okay, so it's okay for me to be powerful and commanding and then also be terrified, scared, confused, doubtful, and all of these other things. Like they're equally as true. So thank you for saying that out, out and putting that out there. I actually like it's worth highlighting. Absolutely. I mean, you, you put it out there, you published it. So. Oh, true. You're right. <laughs> I, you wrote it. I just didn't you know. <laughs> you're right. You're right. I'll take it. <laughs> Can you tell us, because I'm sure there are a, a lot of people out there that want to write a book. Um, me included. I, one day that would, that's on my list. So what was that process like for you? Did you have like uh, a strict schedule? Like every day I'm going to write so many words or how, how did that look for you? Yeah. So for me, because I'm not like a traditional writer, like I didn't necessarily go to school for writing or journalism in in any way. Um, And also because the impetus was me just processing what was going on. So in many ways, it's like you're seeing my journal. I first started just drawing pictures um, on my phone because I felt it was interesting. Like it sometimes it's easier for me to provide a visual for how I was feeling rather than the word, which was I interesting because I love words. Um, but sometimes being able to convey it visually was a little bit clearer for me and got to the source of really what I was trying to say, what I was feeling. Um, and so I just started drawing pictures, posted on Instagram. A few people like commented on how much they liked the picture. And I was just like, well, I just was, I was just sharing. Oh, okay, cool. Um, and then I just kept drawing again, not thinking I was going to do anything with it. It was just really for me. And then about after about 50 pictures in, I started realizing, I was like, wait a minute. I think that I may want to turn this into something. Mm-hmm. And with the pictures, I would write down like the, the notes to self and the poem or just phrases that I that kind of spoke to the picture. And then once that was done, and that was actually done pretty, pretty soon in the process, I knew I wanted to share what led me to that, led me to do this. Like you couldn't, it would make, I think for me, it wouldn't have made sense for you just to see pictures and poems and not really understand like, why? And so to, I guess in that way, I went backwards, right? Like, so that part of the book is the second part of the book, which was technically done first. And then I wrote my introduction. And one thing I will say for anyone who is writing a book is one, I do think it's nice to have like a, a system. Like I, I didn't, <laughs> so I didn't have a system. Um, I, 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 I yeah, I just sat down. I was like, okay, it's time to write this. And um, and I did it. But what I will say is I wrote my introduction as if no one was going to read it. Okay. I wrote it as if no one, I wrote my poems as if no one was going to read it. I literally was like, this is for my eyes only. Even after I started thinking like I may be sharing this. And at the time I wrote my introduction at this point, I knew I was sharing it. Mm-hmm. I didn't write it as if anyone was going to read it. And I think that liberation allowed me to be transparent and vulnerable in a way that I probably, that, that I think in a way that I probably wouldn't have been able to do if I was thinking about the reader or thinking about like who was going to be on the other end of this. That's the one thing I will say. The second thing I will say is that it took me a minute to, 
to get to the point where it was like ready to publish. Um, because at the end of my first year of doing this and like writing and all of that jazz, I was like, okay, I'm done. This is great. Okay. The world's ready for this. Okay. I think this is awesome. And then I, it was around January of last year, I started getting a stirring that I wasn't like I was just at the cusp in my introduction and I wasn't sharing everything. Mm -hmm. And so I think the other tip there is just like, listen to your instinct because I knew that I was holding back certain truths and I won't, no spoiler alert here, but I definitely share some very vulnerable and intimate things mm -hmm. um, to a degree that like, I, I just wasn't sure if I was going to share. And I, I, that was my introduction version two. So you guys, like the first version didn't have those elements in it. Um, in particular, I talk about my experience being a black woman in, in, in mostly white worlds and what that feels like and what, what my life experience is when that happens. And I didn't, that was like introduction part two. So that would be the second thing is like, go with your instinct. Like if you feel like after you read over everything, if you feel like, uh, is there more? Screw the timeline. Get what you need to say out. And if it takes two years, <coughs> if it takes two plus years to get it all out, then it takes that long. Mm -hmm. And how did that feel once you got that out? Because mm -hmm. you were holding back on the first introduction and then and then once you did it, was there some apprehension or was it just like, ooh, that felt good? Uh, both. So I remember there was one specific, and this is the interesting part, again, because I'm sharing my story, I had to balance, and this was hard, so I had to balance or find the line between where my story ends and where someone else's began. Mm -hmm. So that was like, there was a sensitivity there that I think this just took time to refine. And um, so I don't want to give the impression I only did two versions of my introduction, but there was like version one and then multiple versions of that version, but then version two and then multiple versions of that version. But um, it felt, not only did it feel cathartic, but I knew when it was done. Mm. I knew when it was, I knew when I had said everything that I needed to say. Um, and you, I just felt that on a vibrational level. Like I just knew it in my spirit that it was in my soul. In yeah. Soul. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think you did that too. I think that's why, I mean, having known you so I could very clearly hear your voice and hear you telling those stories. I think not knowing you, you still were very successful. And I wrote down you created your agency you nailed it and then you were like this is my voice and I wrote down my voice mm -hmm. and you did such a nice job of like you said telling your story and your truth and it wasn't um it just was a truth it wasn't to set a specific agenda for anyone it was your truth and how you can help others who might be feeling the same and how you can help them to tell their own truth and be just as, and I wrote down vulnerable and then I crossed it out and I put strength because I didn't um, think that it, you do share some, some moments that, you know, are um, really difficult in your past, but it wasn't, it wasn't a vulnerable state. It was a, a state of strength. Mm, I received that. Um, <laughs> 
I do. I'm like learning how to receive it. I'm really trying. This is, this is me experimenting. Okay. <laughs> I am experimenting. Um, I, I think, what do I want to say about that? Cause it was a couple of things in my mind right now. I think that truth looks different for different people. So for me, my truth, a part of it was sharing it with everyone and and putting it again, because it was about like me. I wanted to invite you to do the same and this was my way of inviting you. Um, but I do think that we all, I don't want to use the word should. I do think that it's important for each of us to determine what it is that feels like us and what it is that feels like truth for us. So maybe the truth for us is having a really difficult conversation with a family member and, and no one ever knows except you and the family member. Right. So I, I, and I, I think that really is important to like figure out like what, what does true mean for me and, and how do I want to show up? in that way um, and not comparing ourselves. Oh boy, it's so hard. Like not comparing ourselves to other people and thinking, okay, I guess I have to do it that way. Um, when it's like, oh, but actually, nope. You just have to figure out what way you want to do it. And if it just so happens to be the same, go for it. But it may look completely different and it may be getting to the exact same end product or end um and goal, which is just like you being more fully yourself and filling up all the crevices and not just, you know, not only being half yourself and leaving the other half alone, but like really filling out every part of who you are. You know what you just described? What? Soul style. <laughs> Woo! Oh, yeah. Exactly. Yes. Soul style. Yes. Oh my gosh. This is, I am just enjoying this so much talking to you. We, we have picked out a few quotes from videos from your book. So we're going to go through some of those and just have you talk to us about it. But my favorite is you said, I'm not an artiste, but I have the audacity to still draw. Yes. I love that. <laughs> yes. Cause I think it just goes back to this idea of like, we think that we're supposed to have certain skill sets or, I don't know, like we're, we're, we're supposed to be a certain way in order to do something. And it's like, no, I just wanted to draw. It was important for me to be able to do it that way because somehow me having a visual was allowing me to say things that I couldn't say in words. And so I'm not going to put a limit on myself because it doesn't look the way you think it should look. And um, yeah, so it's like, no, I'm not an artiste at all. I, and I have much respect and mad props for actual artists who can like actually draw like beautiful things um, in such detail and with such realism. But I think that my pictures also are beautiful in their own way in their rawness to use your word do the doodles like you know like we there's there's a beauty in that too in that it's not perfect and it's again hopefully letting you know like it doesn't have to be that's the point it doesn't have to be it let's leave perfection at the door i say this all the time leave perfection at the door you won't need it here you just <laughs> <Yeah>. won't <laughs> 
<laughs> you just won't get cozy. Yeah. So yeah, I think one of my pictures is just a dot. I think one of the pictures is just a dot. And it was just like, I think for me at the time, I was like, we're just always being pulled in so many different directions. It's just like, I just needed to focus. This dot? <laughs> yes! Exactly. <laughs> it's just like <laughs> we, we sometimes overcomplicate things. It's like, no, we just need to focus on what's right in front of me yeah. right now. And if it's in this exact moment, it's a it's a black dot. And yeah. that's what I'm considering art. Yeah. yeah. I love it. I so that was one of my stickies. It didn't make the cut for this, but it'll obviously <laughs> love it. For, um when people buy your book. Um, so one of my favorite doodles, um, I'll show you, you wrote it, but it's, yeah. oh. this is <laughs> also, oh just, you just do such a nice, you make me laugh. Um, so the <laughs> picture is a foot in a shoe and you can see inside the shoe, like an x-ray vision and you can see that your socks all bunched up and we all know that feeling when you are wearing boots and you can't get down into your sock and it's halfway down your foot. And the poem is, you miss a lovely truth when you compare yourself to others. We're all gallivanting through life with bunched up socks in our shoes. It's the state of human affairs. Let's encourage one another to toss our shoes and walk barefoot in the sand. Damn, that feels good. Damn, that feels good. Oh my God. First of all, I'm loving hearing you read that out loud. <laughs> uh, you may be the first person ever to read my book poem out loud so this has been interesting oh I love that um and yeah you that's actually one of my favorite um images also because I think it touches on a few things like and it's natural there's no this is really a shame-free judgment-free zone like I know I know how you guys operate so far and I know there's like no judgment here it's just like Dude, we're looking to the left, looking right, and seeing people do some incredible things. And, you know, and you just start feeling like, oh my God, like I'm a mess. Like, or I just like, you know, things are not, I'm I am nowhere close to where they are. But in in reality, right? It's like, but I feel like we're we all have our own beauty and mess to work with. Mm-hmm. And it both are equally as vital. Okay. Like we need the mess. I know you're an interior designer. So Lynn, I'm so sorry to say that, but like, we need, no, like we need the mess. Like has anyone ever cooked a meal? Look at your kitchen when you're cooking a meal, look at how disastrous it looks, but it I makes all the scissor hands in the kitchen when I cook because <laughs> it's, it's literally stuff flying. Exactly. Yeah. It's pretty wild. You, Say that again, Sam. It's pretty wild to see her kitchen after she makes <laughs> the meal. <laughs> I am not surprised. You were not alone, Lynn. Not alone. Yes. So it's like the mess has its role and it has its place. Mm-hmm. Um, and it makes the beautiful more beautiful, I think. But I just feel like, so we look around and we're thinking that like, wow, these people have it all together. When in reality, we're all just trying to figure it out. Literally each and every one of us, including Oprah, I think I say her name once a day. Um, and like each, and every, each and every one of us are just trying to figure it out. And we all have bunched up socks in our boots. We just don't always see it. And I think instead of judging each other for, for what you know, for not living up to said expectation or whatever, we should just be inviting each other 
to literally let go of all of those like standards of perfectionism and let's just dance. Like, let's just figure this out. It's going to get messy. We're going to trip. We're going to mess up the steps. We're going to like, you know, things aren't going to make sense. Sometimes they will. It's all a part of our process. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, that's one of my faves. Legit. Yeah. So you also said, and I love this because this is so what we're about, um, that we were all designed and created to be creative. Yeah, I think we, um, yeah, I think a lot of us just feel like we're not creative. And, I, and I'm not surprised that this one stood out for you guys, too, because if this is your message. It's like, you know, we think that we're not creative or we're not creative enough to do X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm. And it's like, um, baby girl or baby boy. And I'm talking about the inner baby girl, inner baby boy for all of us. It's like, no, let let that child free because like we we were all designed to be creative. It's literally a part of our existence. Mm-hmm. We're all creators in some way, shape or form. Um if you, it's just, it's just a fact. So I think that the sooner we can get to realizing that the more free we'll be, but then also just the more full we'll be when we take the guardrails off for what creativity is supposed to look like. My next one is a good compliment to that. Um, it's a picture of two trees and one tree has fallen over. Yeah. And it says, if a tree falls in a forest and no one hears, did it fall? Hell yeah, it sure did. <laughs> Actions done without an audience matter. You are your best audience. Do it for you first and last. Mm-hmm. That I think kind of just sums up the entire book or just anyone who's ever had to put anything creative out in the world um, for other people to judge in any way. I think the reason you should be doing it, honestly, and this isn't a selfish thing, the reason you should be doing it, it should be filling you up from the inside out first because it may flop. Like people may not there may not be one person who would have bought my book besides my mama or or my husband. Right. Like who knows where, what, what could have happened, but I had to, during the process of writing, I had to define success for myself and success was being able to get the words out of my body onto paper and, uh, and to capture a moment in time that I tend to revisit often. Do put that in the book. Like it's the end of the book is the chapter name is called repeat because it's not like you just figure it out. You turn off a switch and you're like, Oh my God, I'm totally confident now. And like, I've never had self doubt from this moment on, but it's like, do it for you first and last, because that's where fulfillment, self-actualization, um, true confidence I think comes from. And then the extra cherry on top is like, Oh wow. And you like it. Yeah. Like Sam, you had actually mentioned that in earlier um, episodes, shout out to the earlier episodes, y'all, where you were talking about, (laughs) where you were talking about like dressing up, were you in high school? You had like an outfit on and you were like, you're like, yeah, thanks. I know I looked good because I (laughs) felt like I looked good, but thank you for acknowledging it. There is a beauty in being seen. So we don't want to downgrade that. But I think first you have to be seen by yourself. Mm. 
and you need to be fully accepted and, and fully celebrated. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah, I feel like we could be here all day. I'm <laughs> sure you have things to do. Yeah. Um, we could literally be here all day, but I want to find out what is on the horizon for you. How do you want to grow your community? How can our listeners help you grow your community? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, the experimental studio is literally like the brand. It's like the, the umbrella um, and the kind of channels underneath that is the essential luxury review in some ways was an experiment in some ways. It's like, here's my invitation. Let's see if it works. Um, and then YouTube channel and then Instagram. So here's how you can help. <laughs> follow me on at curate.this on Instagram. I also just recently launched the Essential Luxury of You on Instagram as well. Uh, so it's a kind of a, a continuation of the conversation started in my book. And if you feel like you don't know what the beginning of the conversation is, <laughs> buy the book. Yeah. Um, and you'll know what the beginning of the convo is. Um, and I think that that's how you can help me grow my brand. Um, But I also think that I would invite you to listen to that inner voice that you have about telling you to try or do something that you've been curious to explore and start doing it. And every time you feel that feeling, oh my God, people are going to think this sucks. Oh my God, who am I to be doing this? Oh my God, I don't know how I'm going to even be able to get through X, Y, and Z. Every time you feel that feeling, push through it, knowing that on the other side is you. It's Mm -hmm. another fuller version of you. So if you do that, that's also supporting my brand. Um, So yeah. Perfect. And I will have all the links to everywhere people can find you yes. on our website in the show notes. Um, and one last thing. So every week we have a soul style discovery of the week. So something that's inspiring us that we're reading, watching, whatever. So we want to give it to you this week. What is your soul style discovery? So my soul style discovery is a book called Untamed mm. by Glennon Doyle. Oh, okay. Um, I was at, I actually listened to this book on audiobook while I was doing my walks in the beginning of quarantine. And it is a game changer. She's just talking about the fact that we really are all women in particular are all meant to be cheetahs running wild and free. And somehow along the way we become tamed and she's inviting us through her book to untame ourselves and to, um, to essentially uncondition ourselves and reverse engineer the self-talk that has put us in cages. And I would just invite everyone to read that book as well as the Essential Love Review. But I would invite everyone <laughs> to read. That was our very first soul discovery. Yeah, soul, soul discovery, so. It was, it was. Thank you for the shout out. <laughs> Thank you for that discovery. We both wrote it down immediately. And as soon as you said Glennon do it, we were like, oh yes, of yeah. course. She's epic. Whoo, she's yeah. epic, yeah. We can't thank you enough. 
mm-hmm. for being our very first guest. And honestly, you have set the bar pretty so high, high for future guests. <laughs> I feel sorry for our next guest. The bar is pretty high. <laughs> this was so much fun. Thank you for having me on. This is my first podcast. I said it earlier, but you guys are a delight. I love what you represent. It's just the world needs soul style project. And I just, I'm so happy that you're doing it. And I can't wait uh, to see where it goes and see how many people and lives you're going to impact because sky's the limit. So thank thank you for having me. Thank you. We feel the same about you. We, since um, we only hit the surface of my post-it notes and I know you're going to do more, we'll have to have you back for another episode. So while we didn't get to do all the hours today, we'll just do them later. Yes. I love that. Yes. I, I accept. I have an invitation. You tell me where and when I'll be there. (laughs) Thank you so much. Enjoy the rest of your day. You too, ladies. Bye. Bye. That was fun. That was fun. That was so much fun. We hope you enjoyed it just as much as we did. And run, don't walk, to get a copy of Cassandra's book, The Essential Luxury of You. You can find it on her website, theexperimenterstudio.com. And we'll have all the links to the places you can find her at soulstyleproject.com. So the takeaway this week is this. Don't let perfectionism keep you from going after what you really want. Fear and doubt will always follow you, but have the audacity to do the scary things anyway and watch what happens. Thank you again for listening. And remember, when the soul finds its style, life is gorgeous.